We love this house. And uh, just driving out here tonight, because Mark and I don't get to really do this that often, be in this area on a Sunday night, we just felt very excited for Sunday night in Silverwater. What's happening? <laughs> so we're going to pack this place out as we just, we just can see it, that, the, that it's as clear as the hand in front of me, that this place on a Sunday night is just, it's, it's, it's got like an explosive feel on it. You know, like there's people that need to be here tonight. I pray they'll be here next week. And then I pray that that will multiply again the next week. So it's exciting, isn't it? Just to be in God's house and to be together is the best. And we're in this series uh, right now on boundaries. And tonight we're talking about relationships. And when I was putting this together, I thought, oh, wow, there's just so many directions that you can travel in, in a topic like this. Um, but of course, we all understand that uh, we're all connected and we're all meant to be connected that there is a divine plan for us. And uh, God's plan is to put us in the midst of family and to put us in fellowship. Don't you love that word? The sense of fellowship and togetherness. Uh, but who knows that uh, that can be challenging. <laughs> um, I'm sure that if I got a show of hands tonight, there'd be Everyone could put their hand up and say there's one area or one relationship in your life right now that has got uh, some perplexity around it or some trouble or some difficulty or some challenge, right? Am I right? So anyway, but we're going to do this well. We're going to shine as believers in the area and the arena of relationships. And so... Uh, Everybody, um, have you all got like family movies that you love, that, that are your favourites? And when you get together as a family, it's like out come the movie lines, you know. And uh, we've got three kids and uh, all grown up and married and have their own children. We just had our sixth grandchild. So that's exciting. <laughs> we too are, are building the house of God. <laughs> as um, Dylan and Amanda are. <laughs> Praise God. That is just the best news. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and so one of those movies for us as a family um, is uh, uh, probably uh, we love it because we planted the church in New York and so this movie came out when we were there and it's called You've Got Mail. Yeah, a few people know it. I'd be terrible if it's like, what? <laughs> You've got mail, and you know, it's a story of a, 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 a woman called Kathleen Kelly who owns a boutique bookshop, and the big Fox mega bookstore has come to town, and her life is about to change beyond her wildest belief. She's going to be gazumped by the big mega store. And there's this interesting little, I don't know about you, but when I watch movies, I I, I feel like I've got this monitor going on in my head where, you know, because they're downloading stuff. When we watch movies, there's philosophies and thinking and, you know, you know, they're giving you their relationship tips and it's like, I don't think so, you know. So you've got the myth buster thing that you've got to, you've got to do that in your own brain. And so in this moment, she's talking to Frank, who's her partner, and you just know in the movie, they're not meant to be together. 
You just know the vibe. It's like they shouldn't be together. And so she's asking this question and she's saying, I, I wonder about my life. Have I led a small life? Is my life insignificant? You know, and she's, she says, I'm not, I'm not wanting an answer. I'm just putting it out there in the universe, you know. But of course, Frank tries to answer it. <laughs> and he comes up with this. He says, you are a lone reed. You are a lone reed, waving, uh, standing tall, waving boldly in the corrupt sands of commerce. To which she says, I'm a lone reed. <laughs> and they're just, you know, it's just one of those lines that it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not alone and you're not a lone reed. And we do go through days when we feel like that. But in Genesis, it tells us that that's not God's plan for us. He says it's not good for us to be alone. And so I want to congratulate you tonight because you came out on Sunday night and you came here with the people of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. And have you ever been at home on your own and started to think weird thoughts? I'm not going to break that down any further. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you've gone, you've drifted into some self-pity thinking, you've gone, nobody likes me, you know, whatever, whatever. And then you make the effort and you get into the house of God or you meet up with people in a connect group or whatever and someone gives you a hug and someone says to you, you look amazing. And suddenly you're thinking, why was I thinking that? So we need each other. It's inbuilt, the connection. We cannot do this alone. And I believe that pieces of our future and our destiny are not con contained entirely within ourselves. They're in others. And I think of Hartley and Natalie and the connection that God has given us with them and how our future unfolds because of that connection. Pieces of it just open up to us. Um, and so my iPad's telling me that I'm preaching at Silverwater. I'm like, oh, good to know. <laughs> so, and, and you've got to understand that one of the greatest enemies of our soul is isolation and the enemy will do whatever he can to separate you and isolate you out but we we are not uh we we understand that scheme you know the bible says don't be ignorant of the enemy's schemes and so when you start to think that i don't think i'll go i i, I don't think they really appreciate me there or whatever that strange thought may be push through that because you need we need to be together it got me thinking just recently because we had a little break a week away, Mark and I. It was really nice. And, um, and so you get a, a bit more time to read and stuff like that. And I, I, I sort of opened up this old uh, book by a man called Watchman Nee. Uh, he was uh, born in China in 1922. And so it's an old book. He wrote Spiritual Man. But in one of the readings that I was checking out, he, he was talking about the ministry and the gifts that God has put inside of us and who we are. And he started to talk about who Jesus chose. And it just got me thinking. You know one of those things where you go, I love this thought. I'm just going to follow it. See, the person sitting next to you tonight is a gift, hopefully, <laughs> to you and to others. And there are gifts in you and and it's in the connecting with one another that, that stuff emerges out of your life. 
and it's for others. So Jesus is interesting, isn't he? He's, he's traveling and he's looking. And I believe before he chose the disciples, he was doing a lot of looking. He was watching those guys. And so the first guy I want to talk to you about is Peter. So Peter's out in a boat, right? He's out fishing. He is a fisherman. And Jesus has been watching him. And as he's in that boat, he casts a net out of the boat. And in that moment, Jesus calls him. And so he's out there catching fish. And the words, the directive, this, 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 this descriptive words coming out of Jesus' mouth, defining who his, he is and who he is going to be. He says, you'll be a fisher of men. So he catches him up in the moment when he is doing that. And who knows that, and you know, that also at the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who stood up filled with the Holy Spirit, preached the first message and 3,000 people came to Christ. The fulfillment of that calling and that ministry gift inside of Peter, incredibly realized in that moment. We need Peters. We need those that are the catchers, the, the, the men and women who have that calling on their life to bring others to a knowledge of Christ. He also said to Peter, remember the big revelation moment, and he says, you know, who do people say that I am? And Peter goes, you are the Christ. And, and, and Jesus is like, well, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. That's a, that's a divine revelation. And then Jesus again speaks to Peter. He says, I'll give you keys to the kingdom. And what are keys? Keys open things. Keys unlock things. We need people in our world who are carrying keys for us that will unlock pathways that we can't see. We don't even, we don't have the keys ourselves, but others do. And Peter was that kind of guy. He was like a first kind of guy. He put that key in, he opened it, he unlocked the salvation that day. Well, what about Paul? Paul, Jesus calls Paul, and this is so interesting to me because Paul's um, job was a tent maker. And as you look at the writings of Paul, the gifting inside of Paul, he is a builder. He even says of himself in 1 Corinthians 3.10, he is a master builder. And when you read through the writings of Paul, it's, it's filled with the words like, we are his workmanship. We are bonded together in love. We are framed and built together into a holy temple. And this was like, this was Paul's calling. It was like he got the revelation. I'm a builder. I got to get the house of God happening. This is my calling. I got to show people how we're coming together side by side to build a holy temple so that the praises of God can be revealed in the earth. The architect, the master architect. Love it. I want to be that, that builder person. And he's the sort of guy that would build people, build people up. And thirdly, the third man, John, that I want to uh, reference here. John is known as the apostle of love. And so here we've got the start of the church with Peter, with his keys unlocking stuff. We've got Paul coming along, the master architect putting together the house of God. But the enemy got into the house of God and division and uh, fights and quarreling came into God's house. This is a relationship topic, right? And it was challenging. And John 
Where was John when Jesus called John? He wasn't in the boat with Peter. He was on the shore. And what was he doing on the shore? He's mending nets. And so the whole thrust of John's life is he's, he's got the, the, the message of love because the message of love is like a, it's a, it's a mending message. And so he's sitting there, Jesus sees him and he's watching him and he's watching him, mending things. And he's like, he's my guy. He's going to carry the message that's going to bring healing into my house. Healing of relationships, and that's where I'm traveling to tonight. That strategy of the enemy to infiltrate the church was met with the words of John. How beautiful is this? 1 John 3.11, he says, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. How about that? Just takes us back to the beginning. And you know, if you're in, in the business of mending, the full intention of mending something is that you want to bring it back to its original form. And so John's gift to us was to bring us back to that original intention of God, that we would dwell together in unity, in love, relationally built up together. How exciting is that? So good. Come on. I do believe tonight that just as we're even in this moment, that God is going to bring some mending, some recovery, some healing into relationships, things that are actually burdening your heart, situations that are weighing you down and you're sad about it. And Jesus is going to heal some, some relationship stuff in our life tonight. And hopefully we can get to pray. And am I in any kind of red time zone or anything yet? Oh, no. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Just checking. This is already mentioned tonight, but the cross... The cross that Jesus died on for you and I, the two elements, the vertical element. And Mark referred to it. It's like in him we have everything. And that's the first thing we've got to get right in our life. We've got to come to that place and have a, a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because that horizontal part where Jesus' arms were spread out represents our day-to-day -day relationships. But without that vertical line of the cross, my connection to God, my, my oneness with him, I'm going to be placing such a demand on all the relationships in my life to be something to me that, that is too much pressure for anybody to fulfill. And so sometimes I think our horizontal relationships are not working because we've got to strengthen this relationship here. He's the one. In him we have everything. In him we have forgiveness. In him we have love. And as we go to our relationships then, we can love. We can give. We can forgive. That's the answer for us and that's the message that we carry. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Dr. Henry Cloud. He, he um, speaks around the globe, and he's written a book called uh, Boundaries for Leaders. He's written quite a few books, but this one, Boundary for Leaders. And in it, he talks about this thing called the wake. And if you were to picture your life like a boat, and you're heading on the ocean in a particular direction, when you look behind a boat, there is a wake. 
a, an effect, evidence that that boat has just passed through that way. And he likens that wake to the impact and the effect that we have on other people. And this is where our emotional intelligence uh, comes in. That are you aware of the effect that you have on people? And so a good healthy dose of good self-esteem and good self-awareness will fare us well in relationships, <laughs> right? Um, I was sitting in a waiting room uh, this week in a hospital and uh, uh, this, imagine this was the waiting area, so the chairs are here and along here was the desk where the patients would come up to the desk there would be, um, there were admin staff there, they were working on computers, they were answering telephones, what have you, answering questions, working. And uh, this woman came through a door and walked along and she didn't stop, she just walked from there past this admin staff and through the, the waiting area. And um, I had to write it in my notes to remind myself that she... She, she just kept talking and walking and she said, I've just been into the kitchen, the staff room, and I've been to the fridge and there are lunch containers, she's just talking like this, lunch containers in there with suspicious looking growth on them. <laughs> and she's just kept walking past them all and um, I would like you, I've pulled them all out of the fridge, pick up your containers and take them home and kept walking. And I was like, wow, talk about wake, you know. <laughs> I felt the wake. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And then this admin staff who'd been working away and having little chats to each other and what have you were all just devastated. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> just working away. What effect do you have on people. What is the wake behind you? So just throwing it out there for, can think about it this week. <laughs> so this beautiful scripture in Psalm 16 verse 5, when I first saw the topic in terms of preparation and you see the word boundary, you know, and you, you almost immediately go into a negative zone with that word. But I found this scripture in Psalm 16, I thought, ah, oh, this is the positive side. This is the beautiful side of, of boundaries. And uh, it, I'm going to read it. Okay, I can do this. Um, <sighs> yes. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Isn't that wonderful? That in God... In his house, you can rest assured that the boundary lines for your life have fallen in pleasant places. We have such a negative view of God and, and, and that he's going to get us and that any kind of restriction that he puts around us is just to, because he's miserly and he's mean and stuff, but he is not. He's a good God like we were singing tonight. And so whenever there is that boundary drawn around our life, it's to create for us security and confidence. And I know even as a parent, wow, parenting, one of the greatest, uh, you know, 
things that we can give to our children's children are the safe boundaries. You know, like you, you stay within this boundary. And you don't do it because you hate them. And you don't set that boundary, like hold my hand when we cross the, line, uh, cross the road. You're not doing that because you're like annoyed at them. You're doing it because you love them and you're protecting them and you're creating a safe and secure environment for them. And I just loved seeing that there, that the boundary lines for us tonight, church, have fallen in pleasant places. It's out of his great love for us that he draws that around our life lovingly. We have um, um, some tips for... Uh, healthy relationships and I started to write them out and I was like wow there's just so many things there's so many things in the word of God there's so many scriptures it was just absolutely rich in terms of how to do relationships in our in our life well and look honestly in those boundary situations you know trust me um, there are times when for your own health and well-being we've got to learn to say no and that can be hard for some people. And so let's have a look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. And I'm going to read this over us in the message uh, version. And these are my tips. I stopped writing one, two, three, four, five. And I thought, no, this is, this is the tip. The whole verse is so revealing to us of how to live our life well together. Okay, you ready? Here it goes. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Already, if we just did a couple of those things, <laughs> how good and how healthy would our relationships be? The second fiddle one's a great one. You know, some situations you're in and, the, and you, you might be the number one, but it's always nice to sort of just take a step back and go, I don't have to, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be number one all the time. Practice. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. What good advice for us in this day and age where we're rushing from here to there and we don't invest in our relationships the way we should because we're actually empty. We're running on empty. We're burnt out. And the Bible says, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. And I want to congratulate you tonight because you've come into a place where you are being refueled. And the Word of God touches your heart. And maybe your heart's grown cold. And maybe your heart is it's just struggling in relationships, but you need the fire of God again in your heart to bring some life back into the situation. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. I always think it's all right to sort of think about quitting, but just don't. <laughs> just don't. We all have those days, right? And it's like, I'm finished. I'm through. You know, you make all these big, like, right. <laughs> but you're not. Don't quit. Don't do it. All right. And then it says, uh, help needy Christians. This house, can I say, you guys are inspiring in terms of leading the way with your um, uh, helps toward uh, people in our community. 
And uh, I'm just, honestly, I just, Nat and Hartley, honestly, it just touches my heart every time. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm inspired. I'm, are you inspired? It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. There's another moment. There's another situation. And I love that because it's like, further to that, it goes on to say, be inventive in hospitality. You guys certainly are doing that. Bless your enemies. Just letting that hang out there. <laughs> Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. You know, um, this morning I had a lady come up to me after uh, the service and she said, I live with my daughter and her husband, that's her son-in-law, and her son-in-law at work had gone through a very difficult situation, very bad, and was treated very poorly. And uh, she said that the message for her this morning so convicted her because she has been feeding into the offence for him, taking the offence of what he's experienced. And she said, I realised, I realised in the moment that you read that, I knew exactly what I had to do. I had to bless the enemies of the family, of, his, of her son-in-law, of her daughter. I mean, because as a mum, you carry that. That's hard. But she said, I've got my answer. Because she was feeling very uncomfortable with the way she had been travelling through this scenario. And so she, she got it. And together we just stood there and we blessed those people. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. That's good advice. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Can you let it go tonight? You know, when you get that critical, negative sound going in your life and you start judging, um, it's an unhappy journey when you allow yourself to fall into that line of thinking and of operation. And so let's just leave it to God. He sees it all. He knows exactly what's going on. And he is completely able to take care of that situation. Have you been wronged? Are you, are you um, challenged right now in a relationship? God has got it. Let's give it to him tonight. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. They're my uh, relationship tips. <laughs> I don't think you can get much better. <laughs> to have a healthy heart and a healthy life and to be moving through life together, doing this well. You know, uh, a little while ago I was in uh, Vancouver, um, Washington, Washington, Vancouver. Is that right? Vancouver, Washington. I know exactly where I was. <laughs> and I was uh, finished speaking and I was praying. And it was a similar sort of situation to relationships. And um, I felt that, you know, tonight I would love to pray for relationships in this house. 
that need that touch of God, that healing. You know, when the Lord called me, I wasn't in a boat fishing. I wasn't on the shore mending nets. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a tent maker. I was a nurse. And it's so interesting to me when the Holy Spirit really comes to me at times, it's always got a healing component to it. Physical healing, but emotional healing and relationship healing. And I just, I just thank God that he would just move through me in that way. And so I called out this, this situation. I was moving down the prayer line and I was praying for people with situations that were just breaking their hearts, just breaking their hearts. And I came in front of one woman and uh, I didn't know her I di and I didn't know any of the situations but I found myself praying very boldly over her. And I said, the situation changes now. Not in an hour, not in a week, not in a year. It changes now. And I was going, what am I saying? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, God. It changes now. It turns around right now as, as I'm speaking to you. She's crying. She goes back to her seat. I see her pick up her phone, and she's just head in her hands. She's like, she's grabbing the women around her, and she's showing them. She had been uh, in a broken relationship with her son. He had left home, and he, she had not seen him or heard from him in two years. She walked off that prayer altar call, back to her chair, picked up her phone, and there was a missed call from him and a text message saying, hi, mum, thinking of you. It changes now. It changes now. How exciting. God is good. So just as we close here tonight, and maybe the worship team can come and join me, I believe that God wants to heal some hearts tonight wants to sort of at least start something in terms of a, a real, real healing in relationships in our world. Maybe it's with a mum, maybe it's with a dad, a brother, a sister, maybe it's with your husband, your wife. Somewhere there's been a breaking and I thank God for the gift of John who comes in and says, we'll mend that. We'll mend that with the love of God. We'll bring that back into its original intention and form. And that's the work of God. That's the Holy Spirit in the place today. So can we stand to our feet? And maybe if that's you, and I, we're really out of time, um, and when we close the meeting, we could, we could have a time of prayer. But just in this moment, as we're playing, could you just... If that's you and there's something on your heart tonight and that connects with you, that just what I was saying, that connects with you, you've got a situation, it's broken. Can you just lift your hands in God's presence tonight as we just look away to Him, look away to Jesus. He's the one, He's the healer. And Father, I just thank you right now for these hands that are lifted, for these ones where there's been a breaking a tearing. Father, I thank you that you would come now with your great love and you would heal, 
these broken hearts and you would heal these relationships that are represented here. And it would be a now moment, God. It would be a now. We have faith for a now moment here tonight, Lord, that something begins to turn and something begins to shift. And we'll have a report, Father, good news report of how you have begun a restorative work in these lives. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen.